Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And Midge, I am not here to make our listeners wait for the things that they want. Okay. Y'all wanted taxidermy gaffs, so we're doing it today. (laughs) Awesome. I was hoping we would get back to it sooner rather than later. Yes. Uh, So if any of you missed our earlier episode, I did do an episode all about taxidermy and the history of taxidermy. And uh, just kind of slid in at the end there that there was more to talk about for taxidermy gaffs than would fit in one episode. So I was like, if you guys want to hear it, we'll come back to it. And you want to hear it. So here we are. (laughs) I'm, uh, you know, I mean, you know, after you did that episode, then I got the opportunity to go to the expo. Yes. Um, So then when I was there, I was looking at stuff. I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear Penny talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, So for those of you who are not familiar um, with the term, a gaff refers to like something that is made up or a trick or not accurate. Um, So it's been used, you know, to refer to like sideshow or taxidermy things. And I actually learned while I was Googling this um, that a like deck of cards for like a magician that has like weirdness in it is actually called a gaff deck. Yeah, I actually, now that, I mean, I forgot that I had heard that, but now that you say that I do, that is familiar. Yeah. Um, So obviously some taxidermy gaffes in history were made with the purpose to deceive and make someone think that this was a real thing. Um, But some, especially modern ones, are more like art pieces. Um, It's kind of, you know, playing into more of that creative side of taxidermy. Obviously at places like um, Oddities Expo, you see a lot more uh, two-headed ducklings and other like mutations and things that... Are, are rarer and more expensive than they would be if they had not been purposefully created for 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 people's entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we are going to flash back to another fabulous previous episode. And I was waiting. <laughs> with the oldest and probably most famous taxidermy gaffe, the Fiji Mermaid. Yeah. Uh, so... This was displayed in P.T. Barnum's American Museum and later in his sideshow. Uh, So if you are interested in that and haven't listened to our sideshow episode, definitely check that out. Um, So this one was claimed to be a mermaid, obviously, um, that was caught off the coast of Fiji. There you go. Um, (laughs) Aptly named. (laughs) Aptly named. Uh, Unfortunately, it was not, in fact, a mermaid. It was the head and torso of a monkey um, sewn onto the back half of a fish with boobs. They put <laughs> boobs on it, which I feel yeah. is pretty weird. <laughs> but there yeah. you go. That might be my line with taxidermy, where I'm like, mm. Mm, don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, so unsurprisingly, the the true provenance of this specific um, taxidermy piece is unknown. Um, there's apparently a current theory that like Japanese sailors were like making them like as as jokes, basically, and potentially sold it to someone who then brought them back um, to America. Um, but this one was brought to Barnum in 1842. And this uh, reading this part of the Wikipedia article was cracking me up. Um, do you remember <laughs> when like every nerdy movie had like an alternate reality game where you were like solving puzzles and you had to like look for websites and you go the website and it gives you a code and you do all sorts of stuff 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, PG Barnum <laughs> basically did that. Um, Again, the original influencer. <laughs> the original influencer. Um, so he actually had a naturalist examine this taxidermy piece and they were like, I can't tell you that this thing is real, my dude. And he was like, well, people will pay to see it anyway. Um, Not wrong. Not so wrong. he actually leased it from the owner for $12.50 a week. Um, and one of the ways that he decided he was going to generate publicity for this was he had someone send anonymous letters to New York newspapers um, saying that Dr. J. Griffin had this object that he caught in South America um, and then actually had one of like his associates pose as Dr. Griffin and check into a hotel in Philadelphia and show it to like the guy who owned the hotel as thanks. And the guy was like, oh, my God, you got to show this to my friends, some of whom were newspaper editors. Oh, my God. Um, and just what caused stirred up all of this desire to see this thing and then came it came to New York and displayed it in a concert hall. Um, and it was apparently only, so it was displayed in a concert hall for five days. And then P.T. Barnum convinced him wink wink to bring it to his american museum instead the ultimate bamboozle right like this is that is some hardcore bamboozling like <laughs> really like this isn't like you can't just like email someone a press release and be like hey i got a weird thing <laughs> like you're doing a whole thing you're posing as people you're going to philadelphia uh, the devil works hard, but P.T. Barnum works harder. So true. True <laughs> that. Um, and apparently he also printed pamphlets which gave general information about mermaids and specifically mm. his specimen. And I was like, okay, thanks for your, your mermaid marine biology segment. P. I P. would Barnum. love to see that pamphlet. I, I really know, would. Right. I'm like, what is in there? <laughs> Uh, so that was the Fiji mermaid, which is very famous. And obviously a lot of people made additional replicas. And some people even claim that their replica was the original. So it was like a fake of a fake. So a whole, a whole rabbit hole there. Yeah. I think the, um, actually it might be the, well, it could be a replica of a replica. Cause that the guy we talked about, I can't remember his name now, but that has the like last standing, kind of sideshow museum on coney island mm -hmm. now he has what he claims is the og fiji mermaid mm -hmm. in his display could be could be uh my next creature that i want to share with you is the jackalope yeah uh, so a jackalope is a jackrabbit with antelope horns because portmanteau is fun <laughs> uh so there are tales from around the world about horned rabbits um but the american jackalope as we know it is credited to a guy called douglas herrick um who created it in 1932 and guess what he and his brothers did midge tell me they took that mail order taxidermy class like we talked about Today? in the taxidermy episode. Oh, full circle. Amazing. <laughs> and, yep. I guess after taking that class, they were like, we could make a thing. Um, and so they started making these jackalope taxidermies, um, selling them around first their hometown of Douglas, Wyoming. And then the creature's legend grew and spread across the American West. Ooh. Um, Douglas still lays claim to the jackalope. Um, I thought this was really fun. Um, the Douglas Chamber of Commerce issues jackalope hunting license. 
um, which is good. Which you can use to hunt during official jackalope season, which happens on June 31st. Perfect. Um, from midnight to 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, so obviously they sell a bunch of those. Um, and they also have an eight foot tall statue of a jackalope. And they host a Jackalope Days celebration every year. Um, I do not know if that Jackalope statue has sweet cakes. Like I was literally <laughs> about to ask. Like the, the, the way that I was biting my tongue waiting for the opportunity to say, does it have cheeks though? Does it have cheeks? I mean, it's a bunny, so it probably does. Like I feel like they've got like a nice fluff, a fluffy booty going on there. That's true. That's true. Um, I have not seen that jackalope, but I did see the giant jackalope statue at Wall Drug in South Dakota. Oh, Wall Drug. I would say, if anyone has driven out that way, you've seen a sign for Wall Drug. (laughs) Yes, you have. 25 signs, to be exact. And they do have a a giant jackalope that you can sit on out in front of the store. Um, Another fun American gaff um, fantasy creature is the fur-bearing trout. Oh, I actually Um, don't know this one. Right? Uh, So the furry or shaggy trout um, comes from, I guess, just kind of general old tall tales and jokes about it being so cold up north that fish grow fur to keep Mm. warm. (laughs) Um, There is apparently also a version of the legend where they say that um, several bottles of hair tonic got spilled into the river and it made the (laughs) trout furry. Um, I think I have actually seen like the image of like a furry trout but i did not know that it was like kind of one of these like classic like jokey things um there is in addition to like this american folklore there is furred fish in icelandic legend um they are called the lodselunger that is just that is my my personal pronunciation of that um but that is an inedible fish made by demons um to fill up the rivers as punishment for human wickedness which is pretty harsh oh r.i.p right that's rough i know i'm like that's a little bit more intense than us being like haha it's cold the fish have fur (laughs) right demon fish demon fish um and apparently there is a nasty fish mold that kind of makes it look like a fish has white fur on it that kind of sucks so i'm not i'm not into that part i don't know what that phobia is called but i have that moldy fish um but one of the things that i really also enjoyed is i discovered that jackalope fur bearing trout and our old friend the hodag are considered um to be part of the same group of like american tall tale animals um by folklorists and they are called fearsome critters (laughs) isn't that delightful that's gonna be what i call our listeners from now on fearsome critters forget like ghouls or whatever y'all are (laughs) you're fearsome critters now shout out to all the fearsome critters that's hilarious so they have almost like a genus like yeah yeah that's like their folklore genus is that they're a fearsome (laughs) critter (laughs) oh my gosh that's awesome i love the weird place where like science mixes with just absurdity right And you're like, well, we got to categorize all of these weird made up things. (laughs) Yeah, I live for that. That's awesome. Uh, So good. Um, Another just kind of a a broad category I called animals dressed up as things. (laughs) Um, Like, obviously, you see a lot of 
taxidermy of like mice that have like mm-hmm. little outfits and stuff um, that are doing things. I know I've seen one that's like performing Hamlet that's pretty <laughs> famous that has a little skull in his hand. Um, one that I found from the old sideshow days was called the Really Real Frog Band. Um, so this was advertised in the sideshow with all of these, you know, illustrations, of course, outside of frogs playing instruments. Right. Um, and then when you get in there, it's a bunch of stuffed frogs with musical instruments. And apparently when people complained about this, they were like, well, they're real. They're just not alive. Perfect. <laughs> you can really just be getting away with anything right? before like 1982. Like <laughs> you, just, you just say whatever you want and just be like, and and I guess it seems like it was kind of implied that it's like, well, they could play music when they were alive, but they're yeah, dead now. So obviously. like you're too, too late. And I'm like, I don't know about this. Day late and a dollar short, folks. You've missed them when they were alive. <laughs> That's ridiculous i i love i love this (laughs) whatever that that part of history is i love it people were just bamboozling they were it was just a full-on bamboozle all the time and you could just say whatever you wanted and other people (laughs) would be like well i guess i have to believe you why why would that nice mr barnum lie to me why would (laughs) he wouldn't do that he doesn't even make any money off this (laughs) Just here out of the goodness of his own heart. Showing me real, real frogs. <laughs> and this nice mermaid. All this good in mermaid information. <laughs> He's just trying to educate the children. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I do have my my final gaff category. I am curious if you are familiar with this one. It is. Okay. I would say it's one of the ones that I find the most distressing. <laughs> distressing. Um, wow. Um, Midge, are you familiar with Asquatch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and let me tell you why. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let you uh, give the details, yes. but as a very uh, diet version of, of my familiarity with this. My husband is obsessed with all things Sasquatch for some reason. And so he brought this to me. Uh, and I was, yeah, distressed is, is, is exactly. Go ahead. Tell us tell us about Asquatch. <laughs> uh, so in taxidermy, obviously deer mounts are very popular. Yeah. People love having a big deer head um, in their house. Um, but that means that you have half a deer that you generally don't need to use. Unless you want to get creative. (laughs) Unless you want to get creative, um, because an ass squatch is the term used, uh, for a taxidermy gaff that is created out of a deer butt. Um, it is generally like an upside down, butt with the tail hanging down as like a little like beardy thing. Um, and they make the mouth out of the butthole. Yeah. They do. Um, they do. They do. <laughs> and then, I mean, beyond that, um, this is a, like a this is a category, so you can kind of go wild. People put all sorts of different eyeballs and creations on there. Sometimes they kind of look like monkeys. Um, sometimes they look like other sorts of things. Um, but yeah, it is it is a deer butt with its with its butthole um, made into look like some kind of creature. 
So this is where, so in the first ep- or the first taxidermy episode, when you asked me my thoughts about taxidermy, and I was like, there is a place where I no longer agree with taxidermy. <laughs> this is that place. <laughs> because, and like, it's is it funny? Sure. But also, like, there is a certain level of gaff taxidermy to me that just feels like really disrespectful to yeah. the animal, you know? Like that, like the, the ass squatch to me, I'm like that. You've crossed a line. <laughs> yeah, I'm, for me, I'm, for me. I'm, I, I'm not into. I'm not into it. I I respect the desire to use more parts of um, an animal that you are already doing some other form of taxidermy for, but it's yeah, I'm not into it. And the more that I like look at pictures of them, the more weirded out that I get. Uh, so I I will not be posting any photos of these on the account. If you would like to look them up, Goog. you can give it a Goog. Um, there's a Vice article about it that kind of talks about the concept. Um, but yeah, those are pretty weird. And I don't remember. I. I like came to it from like a very weird sideways thing where someone had said something about like deer butt taxidermy. And I was like, wait, what? You said the holiday who be whatty. Yeah. And so I was like, I better give this a goog. And then I was like, Ooh, I shouldn't have given that a goog. I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. You know what? No, uh, no, shade to you if you're an ass squatch person but it's that's something i just can't get into it's not for me yeah not not for me i'll i'll stick with my mother little little weirdos it's that's one of those things where it's like it's all weird we've all got our own personal place where we're like that's enough weird that's that's plenty thank you so much for me thank you sir Now, Sax Squatch, I do that all day. Have you seen him? Is that a Sasquatch playing a saxophone? It is, yeah. All right, I support that. Yeah, he's, he's on tour right now. I would highly Ooh. recommend checking out Sax Squatch instead of Ass Squatch. <laughs> See, and at first, like, if someone just said the word Ass Squatch to me, I would think it would be a Sasquatch with, yeah, with sweet, with a sweet cake. And I would be like, hell yeah, you get it, Sasquatch. I'm uh, picturing like those, uh, like, I don't know why very specifically those drawings of like the Babadook that happened around Pride yes. where he was like twerking. Like I'm picturing that, but Sasquatch and yes. that I, that I do subscribe to. That sounds great. Yeah. We support that. We support that one. We support, here at Ghoul's Night Inn, we support twerking Sasquatches. <laughs> twerking Sasquatches. Yes. Uh, do you, so uh, obviously apart from Asquatch, which neither of us are super <laughs> into, um, would you own gaff taxidermy? Are there any of these critters that you might want to want to bring home? You know, I do. I, I don't know why, but my whole life I've had a real humor point with animals wearing like little outfits. So I yes. think like having a little, a mouse or something wearing an outfit would, would give me a good chortle every now and again. I also did see, um, I don't know if this was featured. I don't, I don't know where the artist was from. So I don't know if they were also at your oddities expo. Um, but this one woman brought her, her pieces and I don't know if it would necessarily be considered a, a gaff since it's not like a combination of elements. Um, but she had made, it was like a goat's head and neck that she had like turned into like a fairy house almost. And like throughout the, the neck of the piece, there were just like different little cottages and stuff and like flowers coming out. It was very pretty. Like it looked like a, 
decaying animal but like in a beautiful way yeah um and like something like that like a really artistic piece of taxidermy i would probably own um just for the art of it but Mm -hmm. i also don't know I grew up in I mean we talked about this I grew up in a house with a lot of like deer heads and turkey and stuff but it still is a little haunting to have them like looking back at you (laughs) yeah I was gonna say like I know we've talked about like that I I got like a sweet moth and stuff I I enjoy like looking at taxidermy but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'd be weirded out to have an animal taxidermy in my house like I would feel like it was looking at me. Yeah, I think it would depend on where it was too. Like if mm-hmm. I had it like in a, you know, like downstairs in like a, uh, kind of hangout a pu- a public, room. yeah, social area. Yeah, but I wouldn't want like it in my office or my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely um rented a cabin um with some friends for a bachelorette party that was like full of taxidermy oh my god and like some of the girls had to like sleep downstairs by like a full ass like bighorn sheep and (laughs) i was like "Mm, i'm not about this it reminds me of like cabin in the woods when they have Mm -hmm. to put that like sheet over that wolf head that's (laughs) there's a lot where i i would be like "Mm." i think like cute taxidermy yes just real full-blown animal head no yeah it, it doesn't really go with my with with our aesthetics i would say <laughs> no. no all right well that was our adventure in gaff taxidermy um i would love to hear if you are an owner of gaff taxidermy yeah. or if you have a fearsome critter that you are particularly fond of <laughs> um let us know um, and we would love if you would let us know if you're enjoying the podcast by leaving us a review um, on your app of choice. It helps us find out what you like, and it also really does help other people find our show. And I believe we have a review that we're going to share right now. We do. This one is from Sandy DeVito. And uh, unfortunately, my, it won't show me the full title. It's cut off. It says, Good Spooky Fun with Friends... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, but the review says penny and midge obviously love all things spooky ooky and maybe even more importantly clearly like each other oh <laughs> a great chill vibe spooky fun podcast and then a jack-o'-lantern emoji hey <laughs> thank you sandy yeah we um we like each other all right <laughs> I was gonna say I'm, I'm glad that we fooled everyone and they yeah, don't we, know that all we do is just fight bitterly off the we're air. the bamboozlers <laughs> yes you have all been bamboozled we are not friends and we hate spooky things we should start uh <laughs> like a P.T. Barnum campaign where we send like hate mail that was meant for each other but we like send it to the wrong person we'll like start our own internet beef nice it'll be a cr- it'll be great I love it <laughs> All right. Uh, if you would like to see some cool taxidermy gaffes and other fun things, uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Ghouls Night in Pod. And if you would like to see me, uh, you can find me across all platforms at Penny Snark. And you can find me at Midge Munster. And until next time, goodbye. goodbye.